Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. Today is uh, a special day. And uh, maybe you ask the question, why is today a special day? Well, we have a, a couple special speakers. If you have been to Bible study at all or you've uh, hung out, you know that I want, I want everyone to be able to have an opportunity to do what uh, God has called them to do. And so in that, I ask that people, you know, learn and, and train. And, and so one of the people today that's going to be speaking, I have two. Um, one of the people today that's going to be speaking, well, first, Ashley is going to be one. Um, Ashley has let me, like, speak into her life and show her things that I do. And then she's also shown me things that she does. It's improved the way I teach and preach. And so um, that's the purpose of ministry is to learn from each other, not just to be better than everyone else. That's not how it works. <laughs> You're not going to be better than everyone else, okay? You're running your race. <laughs> and so the other person has spent a considerable amount of time with Ashley. Um, and uh, she has a few months, uh, probably about a month ago, closer to the beginning of this series, I was like, you like Romans chapter 8? And she was like, yes, I love that chapter. Good thing I didn't give her Romans chapter 7 because I struggle with Romans chapter 7. After I got to that, I'm like, wow, you can't just hand someone just a chapter in Romans. Like, you really got to really gotta study this stuff. <laughs> and so um, Romans chapter 8. Ashley, and uh, I am excited to see um, what she's got today. I know that God will use her. And so before we get started, let's pray real quick. God, I pray that you would move right now. God, I pray for your anointing. God, anoint our ears to hear your word. Um, God, I pray for a special anointing on Betty. God, as she gives what you've given her, God. God, you know this time of training, God, this time of instruction. God, I pray that you would move in her and use her, God, confirming her what she needs to know. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. All right. Um, all right, so while he's doing that, I'm just going to get started here. So last week, um, Zach preached on Romans 7, and I also love Romans 7, so I'm happy to preach on that too. <laughs> Actually, we're going to recap some of it right now. Um, all right, we're, we're, we're going to go with that. Um, so I'm going to recap some of it right now. Um, so Romans 7, 18 and 19. It starts out for, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh for the desire to do what is good is with me but there is no ability to do it so the desire to do what is good is with me but there's just no ability to do it um, some examples from my own life I desire to sit on my couch and not snack but the potato chips keep calling my name so I eat food that I don't need um, I desire to clean my house and throw out all of my old junk uh, it's just so much work and I'm so overwhelmed all the time that I just live with clutter everywhere. Um, I desire to be nice to my husband and to my kids, but sometimes I just get so stressed out and resentful and angry um, that I just say things that I regret. So the desire to do what is good, but there's no ability to do it. Um, so I do like what I don't want to do instead of what I want to do. Does that make sense? Okay, great. Um, so this is a matter of spiritual maturity. Um, when nobody's looking, do we obey the spirit or do we obey the flesh? Our desires and our wants are the barometer of our spiritual health. So what do we want? What do we desire? Where are we at? Okay, so verse 19 says, 
or I do not do the good I want to do, but I practice the evil I don't want to do. So what are we practicing? Um, so often our flesh wants what's contrary to the spirit. So instead of saying yes to a little self-control, we say yes to a salty snack. Or instead of saying yes to a nice clean house, we say yes to resting and relaxing more than we need to. Instead of saying yes to forgiveness and mercy, which we want for ourselves, we say yes to lashing out at the people that we love. Okay, so here's the thing. There is a spiritual war going on for our souls, and the flesh is in direct opposition to the spirit. So I'm going to say that again. There is a spiritual war going on for our souls. The flesh is in direct opposition to the spirit, and the battlefield is in our minds. So this is why we get anxious, and we get angry, and we get frustrated. Um, James 4.1 asks us, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And I'm going to say yes. So the fights and the quarrels come from that, that tension that we have within us. It's the flesh versus the spirit. Now, our flesh is not what we can see and feel. Our flesh is what we want. Um, this is why spiritual maturity is so important. Our ultimate goal is for the desires of the flesh to fall in line with the desires of the spirit. So the closer we walk in relationship with Jesus, the more we want what he wants for us because life feels so much better than death. Okay, so what about when we fall? <clears throat> what about when we get tripped up and the enemy of our soul keeps throwing our guilt in our faces? Um, so the first thing to remember is this is a war. Revelation 12, 10 tells us the devil accuses us before God day and night. So what do we do when we're being accused? Um, do we just give up and stand seen it happen and it's a really sad thing do we fall away from the body of christ and try to do this jesus thing on our own um, i tried to do that for a lot of years jim went to church on his own um, but matthew 5 14 um, tells us that we are the light of the world and a city on a hill cannot be hidden um, he also tells us that no one jesus tells us that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl instead they put it on a stand and it gives light to the entire house um, so you are a light in this community. Um, keep coming back and shining. Um, okay, so do we give up? Do we fall away? Or do we repent and accept the gift of forgiveness from our Savior and just move forward? So do we try again? Um, this is another mark of spiritual maturity. So 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So what do we do when we fall? We confess, we repent, we walk in the light, and he does his work in us. So we simply trust, and we believe, and we accept. Now we're jumping into Romans chapter 8. All right, so it starts out, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So how much condemnation is there? Thank you, there is none. Um, we may have an accuser of our souls, but 1 John 2, 1 tells us that if anybody does sin, we have one that speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So we are not a defeated people. It may be a war, but we're on the winning side. We may have an accuser, but we've also got Jesus advocating for us. Um, he says, I already paid for that. That's taken care of. It's forgiven. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Okay. Um, in John 3.17, Jesus says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now that word condemn means to reject, to judge, or to pass sentence on. And there is no condemnation, judgment, or rejection for those who are in Christ. Ephesians 1.13 says, If we believe, we are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So when we are in him, he is also in us does not reject us because he does not reject himself. Does that make sense? Okay. So um, I want to point out that there is a difference between conviction, which is godly sorrow, and condemnation, which is worldly sorrow. Paul describes this in 2 Corinthians 7.10. It says, godly <coughs> sorrow brings repentance, which leads to salvation, which leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. And again, in that tension, the devil's going to try to get us to move over to that worldly um, worldly sorrow and um, to shame ourselves and to accept everything that he has for us and that hopelessness. But that's not God's plan for us. See, conviction stirs our conscience, 
um, and causes us to walk in right relationship with God. However, condemnation is worldly sorrow. It's an enemy tactic. It's designed to steal our peace, kill our joy, destroy our faith, and the ultimate sacrifice of our Savior. Condemnation sows doubt. Conviction brings freedom. Back to Romans. So there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So I looked at this and it, it seemed really important to me because I want freedom in my own life. So I, I prayed about it and I'm like, so what is the law of the spirit of life and what is the law of sin and death? And I feel like this is um, kind of what I understood from it. Um, so the law of the spirit of life is the gospel message. Um, Peter said it best. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So um, that's Acts 2.38. When we take this step, we fall under a new covenant with him. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're now alive in Christ. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set us free from the law of sin and death. Within the law of the spirit of life is redemption. There's grace. There's mercy. Everlasting it's the love of the, our compassionate and gracious Father who already knows our beginning from our end. Nothing we can do will ever surprise him. He knows our darkness from our light. He knows our hidden faults, and he chose us knowing all of this. So, um, do you guys know what the law of sin and death is? It's condemnation. It's everything the enemy would try and whisper in our ear to sow doubt and unbelief and the sacrifice and the so the law of the spirit of life tells us that his sacrifice was enough. Hebrews 10.10 10 tells us that he paid the price once for all. Um, we walk in freedom because he is in us and he is not, nor can he be condemned. So um, I would like to point out, um, oh, excuse me, jump back into my notes here. I, I actually came up with a, this morning, it's my disorganotes, so let's see that we're kind of scribbly. Thanks for bearing with me. So, um, uh, Romans 3, or excuse me, 8 3. For what the law could not do, I want you guys to say what the law could not do. Since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. Say, God did. God did. Thank you. So, what the law could not do, for it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering. Thank you. In order that um, the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So um, I want to point out here that he condemned sin in the flesh. He did not condemn the sinner. He condemned the sin in the flesh. So he separated us from our sin by his sacrifice. We are no longer one with our sin. He has our sin. We are one with that make sense? Okay. All right. So um, let's see. In four, the law's requirement would be fulfilled. So um, the law's requirement from the time of Moses had been a blood sacrifice for sin. Um, so sin separated us from God, but a blood sacrifice would atone for our sin. So um, whenever that blood sacrifice would be made, we would again be made at one with God. So it would atone for our sin. Um, so Paul tells us that we no longer live according to that law if we walk according to the Spirit, because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Now, um, verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the, the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. So if we live according to the flesh, we act according to the flesh, and then we produce fruits of the flesh in our lives, Right? So Jesus mentioned some of these fruits in um, Matthew 15, 19. He says they are evil thoughts, uh, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. So if we're focusing on the flesh, that's what we're going to produce. Because Jesus says that all of these things come from the heart. And he says they defile a person. So if we live for the spirit, on the other hand, um, we are in tune with what the spirit desires. And Galatians 5.22 says that the the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Paul says, against these things, there is no law. So we can't go wrong with love. We can't go wrong with peace. Um, we can't go wrong with patience or kindness. Um, now, it stands to reason that these also come from the heart. And instead of defiling a person, they would purify or sanctify a person. So if we're walking in the spirit, um, we're moving in the right direction. Um, verses 6 through 8 say, now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God, it says. So there's that word again. The mindset of the flesh versus the mindset of the spirit. Um, the flesh is hostile and cannot submit to God's law. Um, we can try to force our flesh to do something, but then it rebels. Um, you guys ever try dieting? <laughs> right on. Um, giving up an addiction, saying no when you really want to say yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so our flesh gets cranky. Um, it gets mean. It gets hostile. So the mindset of the flesh is unable to submit to God's law. However, the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. So in verses 8 through 10, it says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. So this blew my mind this morning. I've prayed a lot about righteousness because the Bible talks about it all the time. And I'm like, well, I understand what sin is, but what is righteousness? Um, so uh, I think I received kind of a nugget of truth, and I'll share it with you guys in a minute. So the spirit gives life because of righteousness. If Jesus does not count our sin against us, um, it also stands to reason that our righteous acts are as filthy rags. That's Isaiah 64, 6. So if he doesn't count our sin against us, it makes sense that he wouldn't count our, our good deeds for us either, right? So our righteousness isn't about what we do. It's about what we believe and who we believe in. Um, so Jesus tells us in John 3, 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. So um, Romans 1.17 told us in the gospel of righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Righteousness isn't about what we do, it's about who he is and what he's done for us. Now this is the part that blew my mind. I realized that like as we grow in spiritual maturity, we actually give up the things that are bad for us because we come to realize that life just feels better than death. Um, so we give up the mindset of the flesh in exchange for the mind of the spirit willingly, and we move from death to life because of his great love for us. So this is the righteousness that comes by faith. It's that moving from death to life because of his love. And all of the righteous acts follow. So Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul goes on to say, then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And this is the key, being transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can earnestly say, I was one way, and now I'm another. Um, I've joked a lot of times um, with Jim about this, how this poor guy has been married to like 10 different women since we've been together because I'm just constantly growing and changing. Sometimes I'm backslidden, and that's a whole other woman. Um, <laughs> Jim's, Jim's pretty good at keeping up with it. Um, so um, let's see. The way uh, to God's best is through asking and receiving and seeking and finding and knocking, and those doors are open for us. So Hebrews chapter 8, 11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. And I just want to say amen to that. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. I'm going to have you guys say, we are not obligated to the flesh. Thank you, because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. It's the beginning of verse 13. Um, all right, so um, has anyone ever suffered from addiction? You don't have to raise your hand. Um, uh, so you keep compulsively doing things that you hate, so you eventually hate yourself for not being able to stop it, and 
and it's just this really vicious cycle. Um, in John 8, 36, um, Jesus tells us, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So press in because there is freedom in Jesus' name. Verse 13, um, again, is because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live, which is very, very cool. Um, verse 14, for all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. And it goes on, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And I just want to say, prodigals, it's okay to come home. Amen. You are not here today by accident. You are not here today because you are a slave of fear. You are here today because you are called. You are here today because you are loved. You are here today because you are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and he offers you redemption. He offers you freedom from captivity. You are not illegitimate children. You have a father who loves you, who cares when you're hurting, who rejoices with you when you succeed. There is no condemnation here in your life. So, Mark 10, 32 through 34, I'm just about done. As they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, the disciples were astonished because they were going to Jerusalem. Jesus had already told them that they were going to kill him. The disciples were astonished, but those who followed him were afraid. Taking the twelve aside again, he began to tell them the things that were going to happen. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise. So Jesus was condemned to death. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because he was condemned. It's his divine exchange. He was mocked, and he was beaten, and he was flogged. People spit on him and treated him like garbage. I just have to wonder how many of us have suffered with him. Romans 8, 17 says, If we are children, then we are also heirs, heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we can also be glorified with him. The law of the spirit of life set us free from the law of sin and death. Don't let his sacrifice be in vain. In vain. God bore. So sorry. This is one of my tears. Um, be glorified with him. Reach out and take hold and allow him to do a good work in you. We walk in victory because we follow the one who is victorious. standard that is hard to follow and hard to chase. <laughs> but we're going to finish out Romans 8 real quick. Ooh. From verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. I could just stop right there. <laughs> that in itself is a testimony of the power and the glory of God. The suffering that you're experiencing right now, the trial that you're going through right now, does not even compare. It's not even in the same category, not even in the same universe, to the glory that is coming your way. The glory that is coming in the presence of God, everything God has for you, doesn't even compare to the pain and suffering you've been experiencing. It says, for the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's Son to be revealed. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. 
For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. That's heavy. <laughs> Prior to the birth of the church, we could not be redeemed. In the Old Testament, we saw sacrifices being made. It wasn't an atonement for sin. It wasn't a forgiveness of sin. It was a rollover of sin. We got our sins redeemed for a year until we sacrificed again. The only option for sin was a rollover to the next year. But there has been something stirring within humanity, and it continues to stir today. It was a groaning within humanity that we needed something more. A rollover wasn't sufficient. We needed to be reconnected and reunited with God, our Savior. The birth of the church was the redemption and access to salvation for all humanity. In this, we became the sons and daughters of God, heirs in his kingdom. From the birth and the beginning of the church, it became for all who wanted to enter in. The birth of the body of Christ and all who wanted to be a part of it. The birth and the adoption. I'm going to jump back into Betty's section for just a second. Verse 17 is going to bring a lot of clarity into this. Verse 17, and if children, also heirs. That one section right there. Heirs of God. If children, also heirs. This concept does not make sense in earthly kingdoms. Because that's not how earthly kingdoms operate. An heir to the throne would have been the firstborn, typically the firstborn son. So why is it that we, in the kingdom of God, all are equally heirs to what God is about to do. God has given us sonship in the kingdom. All born into it or all adopted into it get to be firstborn sons. Now, this is the real kicker. It does not matter if you've been a Christian for a hundred years. It does not matter if your mama's 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 mama was a Christian. What matters is what you what you choose to do. You are all first generation Christians. Your heritage in what is happening on this earth does not matter. What matters is your kingly heritage. You are a firstborn child of the king of kings. You are an heir to the kingdom of God and you have that authority that God has given you. Galatians 4, 1 through 2 says, Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm an heir. I don't want to be a slave. <laughs> Though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Now, this is a little sad. That while we are on earth, we are basically just minors. We're just all underage heirs. Which basically means we're just like on the same like plane as slaves. Which, you know, is a little disappointing. But, okay... Verse 18 says, the glory that's about to be revealed to you does not compare to the suffering that you're experiencing, okay? So, though you might feel like a slave right now, trust in the knowledge that you are an heir to the kingdom of God and that you are an owner of everything, okay? Everything that God's about to do in you, you are an owner, you are an heir in the kingdom of God. God is preparing you and he is training you to take on the suffering of Christ so that you can be in glory with him. Right? So he talks about if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. We have to go through the suffering, which really does not sound great, right? <laughs> but realistically, think about this. Would you rather just like it all be just like mediocre? Would you rather have, like, some suffering, but then the glory that is in Christ Jesus, yes. okay? The eternity that he has set aside for you. I don't want mediocre, mediocrity. I don't want just an average life. I want to be glorified with Christ Jesus because that's the promise that he's given me. As an heir to the kingdom of God, he's given me this promise. He's preparing me and training me for what he has for me. So verse 24, I'm going to continue on here. Now, in this hope, we were saved. 
But hope that is seen is not hope. Because who hopes for what he sees? Amen. I don't hope for anything that I see. <laughs> now, if we have hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. Because we do not know what to pray, pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searched our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because it intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. God has given you, so though we might be right now kind of feeling like slaves, I'm going to think this. <laughs> I need to move around a little bit. <laughs> so, though we might be feeling like slaves, and we are in a place that, like, is not ideal, okay? We don't want to be in this slave mindset, in this slave experience, but we do want to be the heirs, right? Well, while we're in this time, while we're in this phase of our life, our experience, our existence, while we're here, God has given you all, us all, this super awesome power, okay? Like, literally the coolest thing ever. He's like, I'm going to give you prayer so you can come to me with anything. If you have an issue, come to me. Not go to this person and then go to this person and go through up the hierarchy of heaven. You get to go directly to the head, okay? The order of operation is you straight to God, okay? I don't have to go through anybody else. I don't have to ask for approval. I don't have to do any of these other things. I get to go right to the Almighty. Be like, God... I'm stressed. I am struggling. And he's like, I got you. That's why I'm here. I'm glad you came to me. <laughs> but not just prayer. It also talks about praying when you don't know what to pray. And the spirit making intercession on your behalf. Let me tell you something. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you can pray for the unknown. Whether it's something you're fighting, whether it's something down the line that you're going to be fighting, or maybe it's something that your brother and sister in Christ is fighting right now. You don't even need to know what they're going through to pray in the Spirit for them. God is working on your behalf. The Spirit cares about what you care about. And the Spirit wants to work through you and in you. God has given you the Spirit to intercede for these things without even knowing. Let your spirit be moved by what moves God's spirit. Bend your will to his, and you will begin to see and feel the necessity for praying in the spirit. When you are in Christ, you can have the confidence that he is working everything out on your behalf. Everything out on your behalf. Verse 28, when I jump back into that, it says, all things. We know. Now we guess. We hope. We talked about hope. But it's not that we're hoping. It's that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is working out all things for good. He's working everything out for good. Every situation you faced, every battle, every struggle you fought, God's working it all out for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God's turning it around for good. He's going to use every struggle, every fight, every restless night, every negative thought, everything you've battled, everything you faced, God is working it all out for good. We serve the undefeated champion who has never lost a battle. Not only that, but his track record stands true. He never will lose a battle. That's who I've got in my corner. So something you guys probably don't know about me is sometimes I do MMA fighting, which is a lot of fun. Thanks, Brenna. <laughs> she does it with me. <laughs> so... Um, there are a lot of things that I don't love doing in MMA, specifically like the conditioning at the beginning. I'm just running up and down the gym. It's awful. I'm like, this is not going to help me fight. Well, it does, but like, I still don't want to do it, okay? And then last Thursday, we had to do these drills, and I was just not feeling it, okay? I was just moving like a slug, and you just, it was, it was not even that bad. It was just like a, a quick combination, but then you had to kick at the end, and I was just like, ugh, ugh. And I was just struggling, okay? So then I get the pads, and I'm holding them from Brenna. And I'm just like, 
not moving fast. And Brenna is like, <laughs> like, literally, okay. <laughs> and I don't move the pads fast enough. I got kicked in the face. <laughs> I 1000% deserved it. Okay, but here's the thing. I'd rather be kicked in the face by a friend, okay, than kicked in the face by a foe, okay? <laughs> so, it's exhausting and it literally hurts, okay? Like, I'm actually getting punched. I'm actually getting kicked. It's not like a pretend punch. Like, I leave with bruises often, okay? But I keep going. Why do I keep going? I've asked that question just about every Thursday. I'm like, why am I keeping this up? Like, really, why am I going? Well, the reason I keep going is because we live in a crazy world, okay? And I don't know when my life could be put in jeopardy, but should it ever happen, I want to make sure that I have the right tools in my tool belt to defend myself or anybody else with me, okay? I keep going because I trust that I have a good trainer who is equipping me and preparing me for a situation to protect myself so that I can make it out alive. I trust that the trainer knows what's best. He's giving me the best tools to put in my tool belt to prepare me should anything happen. Now, here's the thing. Life, a lot of time feels like a fight. Do you guys know what a cage fight is? It's gotta be like the most masochistic thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> Basically, two people get in a cage, they lock the cage, no one leaves until someone taps out or dies. Like, that's pretty much it, okay? You're in there for like, or like time runs out, right? Yeah, okay, so you're in there for a few minutes, but like a few minutes feels like a long time when you're in those fights, okay? My trainer puts like three minutes on the clock and I'm like, when you're like hanging on to somebody or getting pinned to the ground, three minutes feels like an eternity. Okay. <laughs> but life often feels like a cage match. Okay. You're stuck in this ring and you can't get out. You're just stuck in there and there is some guy like pounded into you. And you're like, God, why am I in this cage? I don't want to be in here. But let me give you some hope and some confidence. Your trainer is quite literally the best trainer in the universe. Okay, he never loses a fight. He never will lose a fight. And he's in your corner. Okay, when you're beat down, when you're crumpled up, when you're just trying to survive, he's back there and he's like, come on, come on, Kevin. Like, you got this, man. He's in your corner. Sam, get up. Get up, Sam. You know what to do. He's hyping you up and he's like, come on. You know every verse, everything you've quoted, every prayer you've prayed has prepared you for this fight right here. Come on. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Get up, Sam. Get up. He's right there in your corner. He's cheering you on. He is fighting on your behalf. He knows that you know what you need to do. Every prayer you've prayed, every verse you've memorized and quoted, every day you've fasted has prepared you for the fight you're in. And it may not feel like a good time because who wants to be beat down? But let me tell you what, the suffering you're experiencing right now does not compare to the glory that is on the way, okay? You have to get up. You have to keep fighting. He's in your corner. He's cheering you on. He's coaching you. You might be in a training session right now. You're like, I don't want to go to class. I want to stay home. I want to take a nap. I had to work all day. And then I had to go and meet with people. And now I got to go to class. I just want to take a nap. I'm so tired. That's me every Thursday. <laughs> Oh man, but let me tell you what, it is worth it because you're going to be in the ring. You're going to be fighting. And let me tell you what, you're going to want to have a really good high kick when you're in the ring. Okay. You're going to want to know what an uppercut is when you're in the ring. Okay. You're going to want to know and use these tools because you're going to be put in there whether you want to or not, because that's the price of being a slave on his way to being an heir. Okay. So. Let's keep rolling because it just keeps getting better from here. So, <laughs> for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. You have been chosen. You were hand-selected to be the firstborn. 
You were picked out of a crowd to be the heir to the kingdom of God. No kingdom on this earth could ever compare to the kingdom of God that you have been chosen for. God has predestined, called, justified, and glorified you for this moment. Everything in the past has been covered by the redeeming blood of Jesus. He tossed your sins, scripture says, as far as the east is from the west. You know how far the east is from the west? 180 miles. Okay, let me tell you what. You're facing, you were going this way one day. And then Jesus turned you around. Everything that's behind you is behind you. And it can just stay there. Okay, your sins are behind you and the glory of God is in front of you. Stay going straight because you're not going that way anymore. Those sins that are behind you can just stay behind you. We're not turning around. We're going on to glory. We're going on to heaven because we have a purpose. We were predestined for this. We were justified for this. We have a focus in him. Verse 31 says, what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> All right. If God Almighty is the one fighting on my behalf, if he's the one backing me up, who's going to dare fight him? I just want to clarify something. The devil is not God's equal. The devil is much lower than him, does not have almighty power like God does. If God's for you, who can be against you? Because they know that they're going into a battle to lose. All right, verse 32 says, he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's, God's elect? You are God's elect, the one God chosen. Who can bring an accusation against you? God is the one who justifies. Amen. Let me tell you what, the devil's going to try and throw your past in your face. But he cannot even bring an accusation against you because God's the judge. That's right. The judge himself is in your corner. He's like, that's my kid. Back up, devil. Okay, you don't get to talk about my kid like that. All that stuff's behind him. I don't even remember it anymore. It's not even recorded. So get back, devil. He's in your corner. Imagine that going into a courtroom where you know, you, we know we've messed up, right? I know I deserve damnation. I've done a lot of sketchy things in my life. But let me tell you what. I can confidently walk into the courtroom of heaven and know that I've got a swing vote working for me because the judge is my dad. <laughs> Guess who's not going to jail today? Satan. The judge is my dad. <laughs> All right. We won in the lottery of life. We won. Okay. Let me tell you what. Verse 31. Oh, I didn't read all my verses. Hold on. Where'd I go? <laughs> uh, okay. Who is the one who can condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. Who can offer a condemnation on you? Christ Jesus died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Paul just kept going there. He was like, oh, you want to say something against me? Well, Jesus died for me. Jesus rose again. Jesus has all power and authority of God. And he's fighting for me. He's interceding on my behalf. And you think you can condemn me? Are you kidding me? Like, God is literally everything for me. No one can condemn you, okay? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. We are more than conquerors, okay? You're not just going to overcome. You're going to take everything the devil tried to steal from you too. 
Okay, we're not just gonna win this battle. We're also gonna storm the gates of hell and take our friends back, take our family back, take our blessings back, take our joy, our peace. We're taking it all, devil. Okay, we are not going to be cast down. We are not gonna be destroyed. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor think, things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we just give a clap our, clap our hands to the Lord Jesus today? Nothing can separate us from the presence of God. I am so glad to know that the one who's fighting for me loves me so much. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. It stretches out past the universe. It reaches farther than the heavens, reaches deeper than any depth we could go. He is always fighting for you, always reaching for you. Can we just stand across this place? Lord, we worship you today. You are worthy of the highest praise. I am so grateful to know that I serve a God who wins every battle, who's fighting on my behalf. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. He is worthy of everything because he's fought on your behalf. He's there for you wherever you need him, whatever you need from him. He is fighting for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we worship you, God. He has something special for us today. Could we just lift our hands and respond to the presence of God today? Lord, we believe that you are doing something in us and through us. You have a special plan. You've called and selected us for this moment. God, we believe you. We trust everything that you're doing because we know that you're working out everything for our good. You're working it out on our behalf. We don't have to worry about anything that this world could throw at us because we know we serve a God that's bigger, a God that's stronger, a God that's above anything that enemy could try and do to us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's just worship and praise his name today. God, you deserve the highest praise. If you're in need of anything, he's here to meet your need. God, we worship you. We magnify you. God, we need you today, God, more than anything. God, God, we need you in our tomorrow. We need you in our next week, God. God, we need you right now, God. I pray that you would move, God. Touch our hearts, God. Strengthen us. Keep us, God. Hallelujah. Oh, we are here for you.
right here can be some of the most nerve-wracking thing. The first few times that you ever get up to, to preach or teach, it can be so, it can be so scary. And Betty, although I didn't get to hear all of it, but what I did hear, it was very good. But I'll hear more next, in the next service. So, um, and, and Ashley, you did a great job. Like, but you've done it a few more times. So like, you've preached a lot, but if you're like, you know what, I would like to learn to teach or I'd like to learn, you know, this type of stuff. One of the best places to learn is starting to teach the Bible, teach a Bible study to your family, teach a Bible study to someone, come to Bible study on Tuesday night and teach a Bible study. Got to plug Bible study every, <laughs> every service. It's been amazing. I've watched Betty grow so much and, uh, I wanted to give her an opportunity, um, to share and preach with my sister, and if you're ever wanting to do it, you may share and preach with someone else, uh, something like that, but if you ever, if you're looking to learn how to study the Word of God, you got to ask, because we want to teach. So let's pray right now. God, I thank you for today, God. I pray that you would move in our lives. God, we thank you for the Word that's gone forth, God. I pray that you would touch us today, God, that you would go with us, God, that you would move in our lives today, God. God, we thank you for the word that's gone forth, God. We thank you for your word. Your promises are true, God. We worship you and magnify you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Be sure to shake someone's hand or give someone a high five before you leave. Tell someone hello.